You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority. The list goes on and on. If you've got a question about anything at all, pick up the phone, give me a call, and we'll talk about it. Today is Destination Health. This is the show where we talk about everything related to your health and living on the road and staying healthy doing it, including food, nutrition, training, exercise, injuries, disease, health, you name it, we'll talk about it. And of course, that means Kim Cockerham, my co-host, is joining me. Kim, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Great to have you back. And, uh, you know, we've been doing book reviews lately, but we're doing them a little different. I'm trying to keep the book review a little shorter, um, knock it out maybe one or two segments, and then move on to a new book because there's so many really good books on nutrition that I want to get to as many as I can. And rather than try to teach what's in the book, just give somebody an idea of what's in the book so that they know whether that's a a book that they would want to go listen to or not. Um, So today we're going to be reviewing a book um, by Liz Wolf, who is an NTP, same designation that I just got done finished with. Um, And it's called Eat the Yolks. Uh, So have you read this one yet? No, I I haven't. And I know it's one of the ones that Matt always talks about when he chooses his top ones. So that's why I like that you're doing these summaries, because I'm slowly building my library of a lot of the books that you're recommending. And I unfortunately usually have four or five books going at the same time. So you narrowing it down for me helps a lot. Good, good. And that's what I hope we're doing for the listeners with this. And, you know, people will ask me a lot of times, what's your favorite book? And that's a tough one for me because I read so many and I like different books for many different reasons. Now, I, after reading almost 150 books now on health, nutrition, diet, disease, all those things, If I had to pick one book for the average listener, the average reader, this would this would be the book. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's my favorite. I liked it a lot. It's certainly in my top five, maybe in my top three. But it's um, there are times when I want really, really in-depth information. Like the the last book we talked about, A Mind of Your Own, that one, it dove pretty deep into the science. It dove pretty deep into the chemistry sometimes of some of the drugs. Um, if you look at a book like Gary Taub's Good, Ca- or Good Fat, Bad, Good Calories, Bad Calories, that one was so detailed and so in-depth. I learned a lot from it. I liked it. 
but it was hard to get through. Um, lots of the books that I've read on specific topics, like I've read a couple books on cholesterol. And when you write a whole book on cholesterol, it's going to be really, <laughs> really detailed. When you write an entire book on fat, just one topic, it's going to be really, really detailed. And I like those kind of books because I want as much information. I want the science. I want the testing. I want the facts. But not everybody wants to sit through 10 hours on fat or, you know, 10 hours on cholesterol and, you know, 10 hours on high blood pressure. And, and that's what I've done. But of all the books that I've read um, in this book, Eat the Yolks, Liz Wolf does an amazing job of taking each one of these topics that are really important, but instead of writing a whole book on each topic, she covers each one in maybe a chapter or so. And she does a really good job of narrowing down the information to the stuff that you really need to know or that it really helps to know without getting really lost in the details. Now, the other thing that she does, and this is becoming much more common today, I've been reading my whole life, you know, almost 50 years, darn close to it. And up until just recently, books were written in a really specific style. And what I mean is they were very formal. You had editors and, you know, they stuck to really good English and good writing styles and they followed the rules. And that's what editors did. And what I've noticed in the last several years, and, and this is really less than a decade, is you're seeing books now written in a very informal style. I kind of like it. I, not always, but there are some books that I think work really well written in a more informal style. Liz's book takes that to an extreme. Um, in fact, when I go to Amazon and I look at book reviews, which I do all the time, when I look at the, and I always read the um, five-star reviews, I want to see the best. What, what are the really good things that people have to say about the book? And then I skip all the way to the one-star reviews. I want to hear, you know, what are the really bad things people have to say about this book? You know, if somebody hated this book, why did they hate it? And this one has very few one-star reviews. But there was a really common theme among those reviews. And one of the things people hated was her style of writing. She writes again in a one person actually called it, you know, her Valley girl style. Um, it, it, it's just a really she uses a lot of slang. Um, she jokes around a lot. It's very light. It's not deep, heavy reading. And some people just can't seem to lighten up and get over the fact that you know, not every book has to be written in that formal English style with all the rules. I found it kind of refreshing to read this book as though you were sitting around just talking to her. You know, that's the way she writes. The, it, you and I, when we sit down and talk and even being on the air, um, you know, we don't stick to formal English only. You know, most people don't speak that way. In fact, people that speak that way annoy me. 
Um, it's, I think it's hard to listen to somebody who talks like that. You know, we, we talk in a much more casual style and now we're starting to see books, you know, making it to the bestseller list that are written in that casual style. That's pretty unusual. So that was one of the biggest complaints. The other big complaint I saw about her book in the few one star reviews that there were was that she didn't provide any evidence for the things she was saying. You know, one person said, oh, my God, I can't believe she recommends butter because it's yummy. But that's what she says in the book, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. And that bothered people. Well, you know what? If you want all the science, then go read some of those other books I mentioned. You know, if you want to know the science behind fat and why fat is good for us, then go read Good Calories, Bad Calories. If you want to understand the science behind cholesterol, go read Cholesterol Clarity. They're great books. But if you're going to, to really cover the whole big picture, the book is either end up going to end up being 2,000 pages, which nobody would publish or read or buy, or a lot of the detail. I mean, that, that you have to understand what kind of a book you're picking up and what you're reading and why you're reading it. That's why I recommend this one. It doesn't have a lot of the detail. It's written in a nice, light, easy style. So I think a lot of average readers, people who don't read a lot, who don't want all that science, I think they're going to love this book. There was a, another feature in the book, and I need to find it here, um, that I absolutely loved. And honestly, somehow I missed this when I was reading the book itself. Um, and it's towards the back, and that may be why. Sometimes on the um, Kindle versions, you get to the end, and then there are resources beyond that. And sometimes I don't go there. But she has this page, and I, I'm actually going to read this, because she has a page at the end, and it says nutrition in 100 words. And I thought, well, that's very cool. So uh -huh. here it is. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm going to read this right out of the book. Seek real nutrient-filled food as close to its natural state as possible, whole, unprocessed, unmodified, and unrefined. Pretend that the modern supermarket doesn't exist. Choose foods that could be hunted or gathered, foods that always have been food. Support local responsible producers. Eat vegetables and fruit. Eat meat and fat from properly raised animals, eggs, and seafood. Enjoy cold-pressed oils and plants rich in healthy fats like coconut, avocado, and olives. Drink water. Incorporate superfoods, fermented vegetables and beverages, homemade bone broth, and organ meats, if you dare. Above all, ditch obsessive behavior and diets. Question nice. conventional nice. wisdom eat real food that's nutrition in 100 words i'd love that we're going to come back right <laughs> after this too. stick around i'm kevin rothenberg
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Graham is with me, and we're talking about the book, Eat the Yolks. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to contact her and ask her uh, if I can use that. I'll give her full credit everywhere, but I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be really, yeah, really, cool, be really, because, really cool because oh, oh, I'm echoing here. I'm echoing here. Um, um, I love uh, what she says about not being obsessed, too, because I think we find, I'm I'm finding that, too, you hear people and they just want to feel like they're getting it right all the time. And if you just back up and read what you just read, then, too, and not be so obsessed with it, um, you found your path. Yes, just just, you know, relax and realize that we're the only species on the planet that has to think about what we're going to eat. <laughs> True. And, and we overthink it. And we overthink it because of uh, the same reason we're unhealthy. Our industrial food supply on the surface looks like it is giving us so many choices of what to eat. But honestly, when you go through the grocery store, if you really look at processed packaged food, we have no choice. Everything we're eating is corn, wheat, and soy. Everything in a package is, well, let me throw in one more, corn, wheat, soy, and sugar. That makes up about 80% of all the food that's in the aisles of the grocery store. You know, she says, pretend the modern supermarket doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a pretty bold statement. And if you did that, you would be healthier. You know, if mm-hmm. you shop at it, so she's talking about shopping at smaller, um, you know, not giant supermarkets, but farmers markets. And and, and we say, look, you know, you, you're not going to be able to shop without going to the supermarket. That That's pretty extreme. I like that she put that in here. It's good to think that way. The other thing we say, though, is if you're in a supermarket, only shop the perimeter. Don't go down the aisles. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny now. I notice when I go to the store, I do absolutely that. I walk around the perimeter and I leave the store. I just don't go down the aisles anymore. And all the whole real food is on the outside. It's all on the perimeter. Yeah, that's really wise. really is. And and keeping it simple again. Yeah. So, um, boy, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Michael, my son, just sent me a a text. He's listening to the show. I guess the nutrition in 100 words, she's actually using it from somebody else. It said, uh, (laughs) he says, Stephen's Paleo Goods actually has the rights to it. Oh, she created it for them. And then she uses it in her work as well. So she was commissioned to write this for somebody else, which is very cool. And you know what? It, it really, it follows the whole theme of her book. You know, she covered all of these different topics of nutrition in one book. And she, then she sums up the book in 100 words. Um, it's very cool. I, I, I love the idea of just making this simple. So she goes through um, the chapters on things like fat, um, cholesterol, a lot of the stuff we talk about over and over and over, and she really boils it down to what's important. And again, I like her light, breezy, she's kind of funny, um, very easy listening. So I, I am going to make this my number one recommendation for 
I don't want to say non-readers, but for people who don't read a lot and really just want as much information as they can out of one book. Now, I'll also say this book is really written about a, a more paleo primal type of eating, not necessarily ketogenic. She mentions ketogenic. She talks a little bit about low carb, but she really leans more towards a paleo primal kind of diet, which we've really said here that the ketogenic diet in the beginning can solve a lot of problems quickly. And I think it's a really good way for our listeners to get started. Most of our listeners are fighting with weight issues. They're fighting with things like uh, type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. Many of the, you know, new diseases of civilization. And I believe the, the ketogenic diet is the quickest way to fix a lot of those things. And then once you get to a point where you like where your weight is, your blood sugar's under control, we've solved some of the other problems, then moving towards a paleo diet, I believe, has a lot of long-term advantages. It opens up more food choices, so it's a little easier to stick to a paleo diet than a true ketogenic. It brings in more nutrients because we are eating a wider variety of food. Um, I like that transition. I, I've really kind of made that transition myself. And I, I've noticed lately that I really don't pay attention to my carb count anymore. I don't, I don't measure any of my macronutrients anymore. I stay at the very, very bottom end of ketosis. And sometimes I, I'm out of nutritional ketosis. But yet I feel great. I'm not gaining any weight. And I'm eating a much bigger variety of food. Um, you used a term last week that I hadn't heard that I like gentle carbs. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of a neat way of putting it or real food carbs might be another way to look at it. You know, if you are eating real food, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be low carb anyway, or, or at the very least moderate carb. You know, even if you're eating a lot of vegetables, it's still pretty low carb compared to the, the standard American diet where everything is loaded with carbs. So I, I think if you're eating a whole food diet, unless you're just scarfing down root vegetables and fruit, you're probably going to have a hard time getting over 150 grams of carbs a day. And, and that is on the high side. It's, it's not what people would call a low-carb diet. But if they're all really good carbs, I think a lot of people can thrive eating that way. So I, I like this book because it covers a really long-term way of eating. And one of the ways you could approach it is you could look at the way she recommends eating and then just adjust your carb count to whatever works for you. Because carbs seem to be kind of the big key in, in most of this. You know, you could overdo protein. You certainly have to watch that. And she talks about that. It's hard to overdo fat. Kind of funny. The one thing we've avoided for so long is the one thing that it's almost mm -hmm. impossible to overdo. So, you know, it, look at the way she recommends eating. There isn't anything in this book I think I disagreed with. Um, she does go into the grain thing. Um, and that's that's the one thing I think some people have to decide. There are still groups that say grains are great as long as they're soaked, sprouted, raised right, all that stuff. My take has always been 
I just see no reason to eat grain. It's way too much work to do it right, and yet you still have empty calories. There just aren't that many nutrients in it. So, and I think it's easier to avoid it. So, um, this is going to become my number one recommendation for people who want to get as much information about eating and living healthy in one book as possible. That's great, and I told you because I hadn't read it yet. Um... And I just ordered it. I'm finding that you can get some, because I know a lot of our listeners listen to audiobooks. Um, I like the, I use, I like getting the real book. Um, I'm not that good with my Kindle, but um, a lot of these books too, you can find new and used out there if somebody wants to, uh, to start building some of these around your recommendations. Yeah, good, good point. Um, you know, it, I'm getting better with my Kindle. It is different than having a, a physical book. I am getting better with the Kindle. And, and the more, you know, I learned to use the note-taking features and the bookmarking features and that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. um, yeah, you know, as, as you get better, it's like everything else. It, it, mm -hmm. I'm finding all the advantages to being able to look up my notes really quickly. Whereas before, if I was reading a physical book, I might have a notepad somewhere and I would make notes. And then, you know, I would never be able to find them again. And so I, I'm getting better at, at using my Kindle. The other thing I just love about the Kindle I have the Kindle Reader on my laptop. I have the Kindle Reader on my iPad. I have the Kindle Reader on my phone. And I have three Kindles. So literally, I, I am never away from my books. If I need a book, it's always, if nothing else, it's in my pocket because they're all on my phone. So it's kind of cool that, you know, if yeah. I need a book or if I want something to read, they're just everywhere. And this is in incredible technology. I can read the book on my iPad, then read it on my phone, then read it on my Kindle, <laughs> then read it on my laptop. And every device I open is open to the page that I left off on every other device. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. 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 So pretty wild. So uh, great book. Highly recommend it. You're going to learn uh, enough about every one of these topics to really help you understand the big picture. So this, here's another way of looking at it. Read this one first. Then if you go, wow, that was really interesting about cholesterol, but I wanna know more. Well then go get some of the books I've talked about about cholesterol. So this is a great place to get started and then you can dig deeper if you choose to on each topic. So we're gonna get to a break. We're gonna come right back and get to your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
The website is letstruck.com. This is Destination Health. Kim's with me today, and we just got done reviewing the book Eat the Yolks by Liz Wolf. And, and Kim, I'm a little biased, but I love the fact that she's an NTP as well. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. And it just yeah. everything's just fallen in line with that. I just love it. Yeah. So what do you say we get to some phone calls? That sounds great. All right. Let's head off to Chicago. Steve, welcome to the program. Steve, are you with me? Hmm. Let's put him back on hold and we'll see if we can come back. Let's go to Colorado. Kathy, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. I um, wanted to let you know that I, after talking to you last week, Kim sent me the uh, Beta Plus and the BioDoll, and I received them so quickly I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so oh, I've good. been on it for five days and it really helped and I, oh, awesome. I can't tell you uh yesterday I I went out to eat and it was a late late uh late lunch early dinner and I thought I'll have a couple of crackers and a piece of cheese before I go and I forgot to take those two supplements while I was eating or or after and within minutes before we even got to the restaurant, I was not feeling as good as I should have. So now I carry them in my purse. But I well, really thank you for all the information. I have not been able to contact an, an NTP yet because uh, I'm uh, trying to get over the exhaustion and, and general tiredness of being in the hospital and on very strong antibiotics. But that will be the next thing, and I will call and let you know how I'm doing there. Excellent, excellent. So let me, um, let me just kind of catch everybody up a little bit. So um, you had been pretty healthy most of your life, and then you had your gallbladder removed, and you've yeah. kind of been miserable ever since. And the reason that this works so well, and it just drives me crazy, the medical community doesn't inform people what the gallbladder was there for and what you have to do once it's taken out. You know, it's there to regulate the release of bile, which helps us digest fat. In fact, without it, we can't digest fat. And without the gallbladder, there's no control over when the bile gets released. So that's why we put you on the Beta Plus, which is a bile salt. It's support for the liver and it helps thin your body's bile so it flows better. But then it also adds bile so that you can control the amount of bile in your body when you have fat. So you ate some cheese which is fat. One and piece of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but now you can kind of understand now that you've seen when you take the bile salts with the meal and you feel better and then you notice if you don't, you don't feel so good. So now you can kind of see why you didn't feel good for three years. I can more than Aww. more than just a little. So uh, I will oh, continue with this, and uh, we'll get hold of a nutritionist as, as soon as I feel up to it. Thank yes, you so excellent. much for your advice oh, you, and, and for your kindness. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Thank you so much for calling back and giving us that feedback. I love that, Kim. Isn't that amazing? 
it's it's just wonderful and and I can even hear in her voice even a, a little bit better than last week when we chatted she just sounded so exhausted and um it was really cool. I think her son, I think she said her sons were, um, had listened to the show and had her call. And I'm just so grateful she did. Just what a sweetheart. And so glad to hear she's doing well. Yeah, that is absolutely wonderful. It makes my day. So I, you know, it, sometimes those mornings when I get up and I think, oh, you know, I've got another book to get through. And even as much as I love reading, sometimes it's work. Or, you know, when I was going through the NTP program and all the homework and the studying, you know why all I have to do is think about somebody like Kathy mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it no longer feels like work. It, it feels like exactly what I should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's wonderful. Kathy, thank you for that feedback because mm-hmm. that, that is the kind of stuff that keeps me motivated. Let's go to Montana. Al, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. Uh, just back out on the road after being off about six months. Uh, bought a truck and put it on with Mercer. And so I've, I'm a little bit behind on <laughs> some of the information. Uh, I've got the truck ready. I'm out here now. I've got everything kind of prepared as far as I've got olive oils and sardines and avocados and cheeses. And Good. All of those kind of things. But what I don't have or don't know or don't <laughs> have assembled is... Uh, what to eat, what to add to it, what kind of entrees, what things can be made. Um, oh, obviously, so you go to the truck stop, there's a, a row of fried things and a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> right. So <laughs> let, let me give you kind of my, my go-to when I eat out. And I just did this again yesterday. Um, boy, where was I? I was at a... Uh, Oh, I know. There's a, a little town across the river in Washington, and they opened a, a new restaurant, and we were there the first day they opened, and I walked in. And I do this in a lot of restaurants, and most places it just totally confuses them. I don't understand why they think this is so complicated, uh, but this restaurant got it exactly right. Didn't even question me. So here's what I do. I look through the menu, and usually there is a list of salads So I look through the salads and I find the one that sounds best to me, whatever I'm in the mood for, you know, and I like salads with lots of variety. I don't like salads with iceberg lettuce. I like spinach and greens and, you know, lots of variety, some nuts and cheeses. So I look through, I find the, the salad that sounds the best to me. And then I look through and I find the burger that sounds the best to me. Cause usually there's a whole list of burgers. One might be, you know, with guacamole, one might be with mushrooms and Swiss, one might be, you know, hot peppers, whatever sounds good. And I tell them, build that burger on top of that salad. No bun. Just take the burger exactly the way you would, it says here in the menu. It's got hot peppers and Swiss cheese and whatever it has. Just put that burger on top of the salad. It is my favorite meal now. It's so good. It's so satisfying. And it's loaded with nutrition. It's just a really good way to eat. And very few restaurants can I go to, you know, where I can't do that. You know, sometimes maybe a Mexican restaurant or some of the ethnic cuisines, it might be a little more difficult. But in most restaurants today, there's a salad menu and a burger menu. And I just combine the two and no bun. 
And it's amazing how even though it's the same, it's always different because you can make salads a hundred thousand different ways and burgers the same way. So that's kind of a go-to. The other thing is think breakfast because most restaurants have breakfast menus that are really easy to make keto. Sausage and eggs, bacon and eggs. Um, eggs are a great food and, you know, that's an easier way to stay low carb and find something on the menu. So those are two things. Don't worry about overdoing the egg. I don't think you could overdo eggs. I I don't think you could eat too many eggs. Really. It's one of those foods that it has so much nutrition and, you know, they're, they are high in fat, but it's all good fat especially if they're good quality eggs. You know, when we're on the road, we're not going to get the best quality eggs, but they're still eggs and there's lots of nutrition. And honestly, there aren't that many calories in an egg. I just don't think you can eat too many. Quick question. Um, before I left, I saw my doctor just for a basic checkup. And uh, he said that I have an enlarged spleen. They did a CAT scan. and wasn't, you know, terribly large, but it was larger than normal. Um, other than telling me to lose some weight, he just said, keep an eye on it. Is there something I've done or is that, what, what does it do? <laughs> is it something to be that concerned about? You know, I don't think it is. And, and here's why. Um, I am not a big fan of all of the medical screening that is going on. Now, I've read some really in-depth books about how bad medical screening is. See, we, we've been brainwashed to believe, oh, we have all these new tools and screenings and you can find out everything you need to know about your body. It's the last thing you want to do. Every time they screen, they find something. And it ends up creating more problems than it ever solves. So first of all, I'm, I'm not wild about the fact that they even went looking for stuff. But when I come back, we'll talk about um, what it means and what I would recommend. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, a quick heads up. We're heading into the fourth segment. So at the end, I'm going to say goodnight, goodbye, all that stuff. Don't hang up. We're going to come back and get to more of your calls. And I'm looking, um, it it looks like that uh, if you were to press one on your phone right now, there's a pretty good chance we'll be able to get to you in the second hour. I'll keep you updated on that. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
the website, letstruck.com. This is Destination Health, so you can also find us on Facebook. Look up Destination Health on the Audio Road Network. Kim is with me, and we were talking with Al in Montana. So, Al, a lot of times an enlarged spleen is nothing at all. And when they say it's just not average, well, that's the thing. Average is just that. It's average, and we're all different. So I wouldn't get too worked up about it. Do you know, do you suffer from any other like inflammatory diseases? Do you have any signs of arthritis or um, anything like that? Uh, I do. I had uh, severe arthritis in my knees years ago already. Um, Okay. So many times, you know, we talk a lot about inflammation. And pain is always inflammation. Swelling is always inflammation. Almost every disease state we encounter has some component of inflammation. And arthritis clearly is is inflamed joints. And what happens is once we are inflamed, our diet, we've talked about the balance of omega-3 and omega-6. And the standard American diet could be as bad as a 25 to 1 ratio, meaning if you're eating the standard American diet, you're eating out, you're eating factory farmed foods, meats, that you're getting 25 times more omega-6 than you are getting omega-3. The What they consider the perfect balance for humans is 1 to 1, and we're, we're as bad as 25 to 1. Even people who are eating clean and healthy and trying have a hard time, a really hard time reaching one-to-one. But the closer you get to one-to-one, the less problems you're going to have with inflammation. And most of the time, an enlarged spleen is just an indication of inflammation throughout the body. So by eating ketogenic, you will improve your ratio. If you really work hard to eat clean ketogenic, kind of what we talk about a paleo ketogenic, where you are seeking out grass-fed and pastured animals, grass-fed and pastured eggs, and staying away from inflammatory foods, you know, staying away from vegetable oils. Be careful when you eat out that, you know, if you eat a salad, I ask for olive oil and vinegar, or I ask, you know, some restaurants have homemade dressings. I ask what kind of oil they use because, again, that's the omega-6. So if you work really hard at eating a clean paleo-ketogenic diet, the inflammation goes away, even if you never get to that perfect one-to-one. I I would venture to say that even in my best weeks, I'm probably five-to-one and, and I don't measure it, but that's just a guess. And, and at five to one or even 10 to one, you'll notice huge improvements in things like pain and inflammation. So I, I wouldn't focus on the enlarged spleen because it is nothing but a symptom. It's not a disease. It's not a condition. It's just a symptom of something else in the body. And that symptom, I'm going to say, is just inflammation, chronic inflammation. So work on that that cleaner hygienic diet, and I bet it'll go away. The symptoms are not the symptoms, but uh, 
the supplements that you talk about, do you have those available or are they found somewhere or? We do. We, the, the best thing to do is call you, right, Kim? That's right. I'll write down your number out or have Bridget. Let me see. Yeah. And I'll give you a call through the show. How's that? That'd be great. All right. We will do that. We'll get you started. Now, you know, we have, Kim, we have three or four supplements that we, mm-hmm. we really kind of recommend across the board. It's because after all the reading, all the research, talking with other NTPs about, you know, people who practice every day, um, these are just so commonly needed that I don't need to know much about somebody to know these are going to help. Um, they're, they're very hard to overdo. If, if you overdo, there are some clear signs so you know to back off. It, and really what we're talking about, hydrochloric acid, almost everybody needs it. Um, some sort of gallbladder support, and we're even adding the bile salts as part of our recommendation, and, and we've heard back from people how much it's helping. And a good probiotic, kind of hard to go wrong. Um, I, I could literally recommend those three supplements to everybody in the country, and I bet they'd help 99% of the people. Yeah, and that seems to be what everybody is doing. And I love, um, I love our approach with this. We don't have that many supplements. They're for a very, um, uh, for uh, the purpose that we that we teach, and it's it's really doing well for people. And I'm I just I am so grateful we're offering these. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because I, I've I've fought the supplement thing my whole life, and mm-hmm. I've gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. When my first business was a gym, I opened a gym when I was nineteen, and I, I immediately started. And I was doing a lot of weightlifting, a lot of bodybuilding, a lot of training, so I was taking all kinds of supplements. And I, I never knew if anything was helping or not. You know that I, I can't look back ever. No, I, I take that back. I will. I, I can remember one supplement that made an absolute difference. I knew it did, and I stopped taking it because there was uh, quite a bit of evidence that it caused liver damage, um, and that was creatine. Cre- I think that's how. You, sometimes I get it confused with a different word. Um, it absolutely made a difference in bodybuilding. No question. I could feel the difference. I could see the difference, but. It's not worth um, damaging your health. So once I learned that, I stopped taking it. All the other supplements over the years, I would say, you know, I take this. I can't really tell any difference. And I, I've gone back and forth and, I, you know, a new type of supplement will come out and everybody will be raving about it. And I'll try it and go, you know what? I really just don't see that it's helping. So I've, I've always really stayed away from them. What I love about what we're doing now, uh, first off, it's a very high quality line of supplements. Biotics makes really great stuff, but we're seeing results. It's not like, oh, take this and you know, you're going to live two years longer and you can't really tell what's happening. I mean, when you take the supplements we're recommending, you feel the difference sometimes within days. Yeah, that's really, that's, um, you know, it's interesting. The first vitamin that my uh, doctor Chinese medicine had me stop was the multivitamin that we all seem Good. to feel like you just have to take, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's wonderful because multivitamins are junk. They're just junk. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah. don't even have to tell me what brand the idea doesn't even work. You can't cram that many nutrients into a couple of pills. 
just doesn't work. And you're going to get the lowest quality, the least effective. Uh, it, it's so, you know, I, I, I love the approach we're taking and we're getting tons of great feedback. So it's working well mm -hmm. for people. Let's go right. to Delaware. Sarah, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I just wanted to give a quick recommendation here. I know we're near the end of the show. When you started going through the NTP program, you said that the beginning of digestion starts in the head, and I found a book for that. Um, oh, the good. Title of the, the title of the book is Think and Eat Yourself Smart. A neuroscientific approach to a sharper mind and a healthier life. It's by Caroline wow. Leaf, and she goes through what tries to help people develop healthier body, brain, and spirit. Um, what you're thinking about before, during, and after you eat. And the book also focuses on stewardship of ourselves and the world that we live in. She does have segments. It's like divided into three segments. And the first one is admit it and basically tells what's all wrong with our food systems today. She goes through the grains and the processing of the meats and all that stuff. She doesn't give a specific diet because the book is about the thoughts, but all the things yeah. that she talks about food um, go in line with everything else that we're studying. So I wanted to share that book with everybody. Oh, I love that. Thank, Thank you. So you. And, uh, yeah, and, and let me say, you know, after reading almost 150 books, I thought I was starting to run out. I wasn't coming up with anything new. And I have to thank you, Sarah. Your last recommendation for me was awesome. Um, and, and we did the book review on that one. That was um, A Mind of Your Own. That, that was yeah, I really liked that one. <laughs> that was really good. So I'm excited about this one as well. All right. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Let's see. You know what, Kim? We're almost out of time. Anything you want to wrap wow. up with? Oh, you know, that's funny. You always ask about final thoughts, and sometimes it catches me because I'm not really good <laughs> on my feet sometimes. And um, it's funny because the last two weeks you haven't said that, and I've reached out to the girls, tribe care team, and said, what's some final thoughts? So, of course, I won't mention any names, um, Brittany, but she said, <laughs> so I'm encouraging everybody <laughs> To every morning, look in the mirror. It says, they say, you are what you eat. That's funny. I don't remember eating a sexy beast this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's so fun. So, you know, just there's something about feeding yourself good, healthy food that just makes you even stand taller and feel more alive and get your sexy on, you guys. <laughs> there you go. Great stuff. Great way to close out the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothberg. All right, here we go. We are going to do a another hour. So let's get started. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is 
Destination Health. So Kim Cockerham is joining me. Today is the show where we talk about everything health and how to stay fit and healthy on the road living in a truck. It's a little more difficult, but the more we do it and the more feedback we get and the more people share, the more we are finding it really isn't that hard at all. So we're going to talk about food, nutrition, eating, lifestyle, training, injuries, disease, supplements, you name it, we'll tackle it here on the show. And Kim, you know, we, for a while there, we would do the second hour each week and kind of say, you know, was a carryover, but we're really to the <laughs> point where we do two hours a week on this and we still don't get to all the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great. People's questions are wonderful, just their um, commitment to their lifestyle and helping everybody else has just been awesome. So I'm going to, uh, this thought just popped into my head. I didn't have anything really planned for today. I don't have a a book review today. So we're going to get to um, some of the calls here pretty quick. I've been playing around with, uh, I'm not a big fan of recipes. I don't follow recipes. I'd love to cook Mm -hmm. and cooking long enough that it, and even though I don't like recipes, I'm looking behind me and not exaggerating. I bet I have uh, over a hundred cookbooks right behind me. Um, I collect, (laughs) I collect cookbooks and then I never use recipes, but what I use them for is ideas. That that's all I, I, if I look through a cookbook and I see, um, you know, a, a recipe for tzatziki and meatballs, well, all I need is the idea. I know how to make tzatziki sauce. I know how to make meatballs. I, you know, I, I know how to make components. I have a lot of um, methods that, that I'm good at making sauces and dressing. So I love the books and, and all I really, I flip through them just looking for ideas. Lately, what I've been doing is not even opening books, but thinking about the kind of foods that I want to eat you know, I want to eat nutrient-dense whole foods, and I, I, I want to look for foods that are very nutrient-dense. We've talked about some, and some of them are just odd. Some of them aren't normal foods that we eat a lot of. And what I've been doing lately is just trying to think, okay, these are the foods I want to eat. How could I combine them? What, what could I make? So, you know, I, I've seen, we've heard and seen some of the recipes for fat bombs. And I thought, instead of going and looking one up, I'm going to just make one up. You know, it. so I did a, um, I, I took avocado, because we know avocados are just like superfoods. They have great fats, um, good mineral balance, uh, fiber. There's just lots of things in avocados we want to eat more of. And I eat avocado with almost every meal. I mean, I just keep them around. I slice mm-hmm. one or two up lime and salt on it and eat it with almost every meal. But lately I've been, later at night, I've been craving just a little bit of a snack and chocolate kind of, and I'm not really big (laughs) on chocolate, but the more of the raw chocolate I eat, the more I like it. And raw chocolate is a superfood. I mean, when you eat pure raw cacao, loaded with minerals and phytonutrients, the problem is it's bitter. Um, so we tend to have to sweeten it to make it palatable. But the more you eat it, the more palatable it becomes with less and less sweetener. So I thought, okay, I'm craving chocolate. Um, and, and believe it or not, 
some of our cravings, especially when we eat properly, when we eat a clean diet, sometimes we can start to listen to our cravings. Now, if mm -hmm. you are just craving ice cream, yeah, probably you're just craving the sugar and, and the bad stuff. Um, many people who crave chocolate are craving the sugar, but chocolate craving can also be a sign of uh, mineral deficiency. Um, your body's looking for some of those minerals that are in chocolate. So I thought, all right, I'm eating really clean. If I'm craving chocolate, there's probably a good reason. And I'm not going to go grab a Hershey bar. Um, I, I'm going to make something with raw chocolate. So I took avocado, coconut butter, which is a little different than coconut oil, although you could use coconut oil for this recipe. Coconut butter is actually ground whole coconut. So it's the meat, the water, everything. So you're getting all the nutrition out of the coconut. It's a little grainier, um, but it worked really well in this recipe. So avocado, coconut butter, cocoa butter, real raw cocoa butter, which is also part of the chocolate plant or part of that, that same plant that we get the raw cacao from, but it's the fat taken out of there. So this is a fat bomb. We have avocado, which is very fat. Mm -hmm. We have coconut, which is very fat, and we have cocoa butter. And then I sweetened it with just a little bit of uh, maple sugar. Maple sugar also is very rich in minerals and very low glycemic. So maple sugar is a great little sweetener, not nearly as sweet as regular sugar. So you're not going to notice a ton of sweetness, but you're getting some nutrition. So I mixed that up in a blender, it's completely raw. It, it kind of comes out like a, a thick pudding almost. So that's mm -hmm. what I started. Then I have, have you, you've had the grain free granola that we like? Pretty uh, sure you've had it. I don't know if I had, had it when I was out uh, there. I had some bark stuff that was awesome, but. Oh yeah, that was. Sure. That, is that, is that in the primal kitchen? No. Uh, no, it's um, you can get it in Thrive Market. It's called it. The okay. brand is Paleonola. So they have mm -hmm. a uh, their regular their traditional, which is really good. They have a maple pancake flavor, which is amazing. Um, they do have a, a chocolate flavored, but no grains. Really, really high quality ingredients in this granola. It's a lot of nuts and seeds and coconut. So again, nuts and seeds all high in fat but very high in nutrition, more coconut. So after I made the kind of the pudding fudge kind of mixture, then I just poured in a bunch of this granola and folded it in. So now I've got like this fudge with all this granola, these nuts and seeds and all this stuff in it, stuck that in the freezer. And then I made some raw chocolate. So now I take the raw cacao and raw cocoa butter. You melt the cocoa butter and you pour in the raw cacao. And that is pure 100% chocolate. And it's bitter. But I, I, like I say, the more I eat this, the more I like it. I sweetened it with just a little bit of maple sugar, not much. And it left it liquid. So then I take the fudge mixture out of the freezer and use a, a little tiny, like a melon baller. And I made mm -hmm. little balls out of it. Throw those in the chocolate, roll them around and you get these little chocolate bombs. And it's amazing how much nutrition is in there, and it feels like you're eating dessert. 
Nice. And do you store them in the freezer then? Um, because I used the coconut butter, which really gets hard at room temperature, and mm -hmm. cocoa butter, which gets hard at room temperature, you can leave these out. These don't melt at room temperature. Oh, nice. Now, if you if you used coconut oil or butter, which you could use as the fat, then you would have to keep them refrigerated or frozen because they would melt at room temperature. So okay. it really depends on which fat you use, how well they store. And, okay. you know, it, it took me maybe an hour, but I made a, a big enough batch that it easily lasts a week. So if I get one of those little cravings, I'll just grab one and pop one in my mouth. And it's like fat and nutrition and it's satisfying. And, you know, it took care of the chocolate craving. Um, so it, it sounds like a lot of work until you do it a couple of times. And you go, oh, this is easy. I could throw this together with my eyes closed. Yeah. And you know what? We had a caller a couple of weeks ago that was talking about, you know, with his family and stuff like that. And just, I think you just appreciate food better when you make it yourself like that. And then if you have kids around, get them in there and make it with it. It's just, it's a social interaction that I think we've lost by giving it up to the convenience foods and that kind of stuff. So get back to the kitchen and that sounds like a really good uh, place to start making those. Good point. Now I'm going to tell you something I did that was really bizarre. In fact, <laughs> I am sure, I am convinced nobody in the history of the world has ever made what I made the other day. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so remember when we talked about cod livers, not cod liver yeah. oil, but cod livers packed in cod liver oil, and they yeah. are loaded with nutrition. I mean, just crazy amounts of nutrition. And we talk, we always talk about the omega-6, omega-3 ratio. This is got an awesome ratio. If you add cod livers, you are going to bring your omega-3 numbers way, way up, which is what we need to do. So it, it's not just the cod livers. It's what I did with them that will probably freak people out. But I fed it to two people and nobody knew what I did. So uh -oh. I'll tell you what that was. <laughs> I'll tell you what that was when I come back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is with me. So Kim, let me start off by saying this. I do cook a lot. I use a lot of really weird ingredients. I experiment with a lot of stuff. And one thing I don't do, I don't try to hide things in food, not tell people what's in there. I, I, just, I don't think that's right. Um, but there are some exceptions to that. And this was one of them. And I'll tell you why. Um, there are some people I know that are very adventurous in eating and they'll try anything. So I will 
tell them, hey, try this. I did something weird. I don't want to tell you what it is until after you try it. So they know there's something odd in there. But I do it because I, I don't want them to be looking for it. I, I want to see if they can pick it out. You know, so if I try a recipe where I sneak in beef liver, because beef liver is so good for us, but a lot of people don't like it. So I'll try it on somebody who I know is adventurous. So the other day, um, Lisa's mom was here, Marie. She's a very adventurous eater. She'll try just about anything. Um, and my son, Michael, was here, who used to be the world's pickiest eater when he was growing up. <laughs> like he went through his chicken finger only phase. Like all he would eat uh -huh. was chicken finger. Um, so he went from the world's pickiest eater to one of the most adventurous. He'll try virtually anything now. So I had both of them here. I thought, I don't even know why I came up with this. Um, but I had made, a, I love guacamole. I always make homemade mm -hmm. guacamole. Avocado, red onion, lime, jalapenos, garlic, um, cilantro, and I just love guacamole. So I made this killer batch of guacamole and I was looking at it and I don't know why this thought came to my mind, but I thought, I'll bet I could put some cod livers in there and nobody would know. <laughs> oh. So I did. In the guacamole? In the guacamole. Huh. <laughs> cod livers in guacamole. And I think the reason... I thought about it was because of the texture. The cod livers are so soft, they'll blend right into something. And I make my guacamole with really strong flavors, lots of lime, lots of cilantro, lots of salt, and lots of jalapeno, so it's got heat. And I thought, I think those strong flavors are just going to cover up the cod liver completely. So I blended it in, and I gave it to them, and they both kind of look like, that's a little different. What's in there? But they couldn't pick it out at all. They didn't say, oh, it, it's fishy. They just thought it's a little different. And then when I told them, they said, oh, yeah, maybe I can kind of get that's what that is. So, you know, think about things like that. Find these foods that we know are just crazy healthy. Sardines, anchovies, cod livers. A lot of them are seafood, by the way. Um, and think of new ways to incorporate them. Who the hell would have ever put cod livers in guacamole? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I love that. And that's, that's one thing I learned from you years ago when, when I first came to you guys' house was how you do that component cooking. And, you know, people keep asking us for recipe books and, you know, recipes and stuff like that. And I hope we go that route because I think once you look at that, just the way you said it, look at the components you want, what you want to get out of it, you know, um, even down to those cravings you have, like, and then, then look at the food you have and, have some fun with it, play and make some, you know, really interesting things and don't be tied, you know, so tight to recipes. Yeah. You know, it, my, my whole thought on cooking now is how do I get more nutrients into every dish? And of course I want them to taste good. I made a, um, again, I, I, I've seen versions of this before, so it was just an idea, but I didn't go look anything up. Um, I, I did want to start adding a little more fruit into my diet, but I don't want the real high sugar fruits and I don't want big amounts. So I thought, okay, how do I incorporate just smaller amounts of fruit here and there? And I was making, I forget what dish I was making the other day. Maybe it was wings. Whatever it was, was kind of fatty. I thought I need something kind of fresh to lighten this up a little bit. 
and I made a watermelon salad. So I took watermelon and cucumber and I cubed those. Those are nice, light, fresh, lots of nutrients, lots of water. And then I made a dressing. And again, this comes back to components, not recipes. Dressings are easy. Dressings are fat, acid, and flavoring. That's it. That, that's what it, all dressings are, fat, acid, and some herbs, salt, pepper, things like that. So I took a, a really good olive oil and a, I like to collect vinegars. So, you know, there are stores now that do all these crazy flavored vinegars. And some of them are real vinegar with the real fermented vinegar with the mother still in them. And those are really healthy. They're, they've got really good bacteria and good yeast and other things. So I collect those and they make them in crazy flavors now. So I had a grapefruit balsamic vinegar. So I, I made a dressing out of the olive oil and the grapefruit balsamic vinegar. Um, I've got the watermelon, the cucumber, um, red onion, and I pickled the red onion in some lime juice while I was doing everything else. So the, the red onion gets a little bit of the acid in it as well. Then I threw in fresh mint and fresh basil. And then I threw in a fig goat cheese and the goat cheese actually ended up kind of melting into the dressing and creating almost like a sauce. So it, it was light and refreshing and you've got nutrients from the watermelon, the cucumber, the red onion. I had some garlic in there, which is good. The real vinegar, the herbs, which fresh herbs are good for you, mint and basil mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, goat cheese. And this was just a, a salad and people loved it i mean it, mm -hmm. it disappeared it like it. there's always people around here so you know we have construction workers all the time and i just feed everybody who walks by and people just loved the salad that sounds so great and you just blend that up right you just mix all that up and you blend it up yeah in the blender yeah so anybody i again i always think about and it's so you know it sounds like you do such complicated things sometimes but it's really not. And I think people can translate it to on the road and in the truck all the time. If they have these components with them, like just that is something as simple as a dressing just takes your salad, your, whether it's, you know, lettuce or a fruit like you did, which sounds awesome. It just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. And, and again, keep thinking variety. I, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think fruits, vegetables, not a lot of fruits. And I, I tend towards the lower sugar. You know, cucumber is really a fruit. Um, tomatoes are a fruit. Watermelon is a fruit, but it's pretty low in sugar. And watermelon has some pretty unique ingredients or nutritional profile. So again, it's that idea of, okay, I, I know components. I know how to make, you know, throw salads together, dressings together. And now what I'm thinking is, what is the most nutrient dense foods I can use in this recipe? What could I add to this recipe? And, and flavor is still important. It's still, you know, I, I want to eat good food. I want to eat food that's enjoyable. And, but we can also think, how could I make a dish like this, but make more nutrition? You know, what could I put in that would up the nutritional value of this? And I find myself just coming up with just really unique new stuff. Yeah, very, very fun. I hope everybody grabs onto that and tries some different things themselves. 
Yeah, so here's a, um, uh, my son just sent me a picture. He cooks the same way. Um, he's, a, uh-huh. he's a classically trained French chef, so he has lots of techniques and methods. And, but now he's, he's taking his background in that. And you could stick with French food and be really good because we know that they're healthy eating a lot of the stuff they eat. But he takes those techniques and kind of thinks of new ways to use them. So he just sent me this picture. We were talking about guacamole. And he's got uh-huh. guacamole, and it's on a chicken skin. So instead of using something like a tortilla chip, which is just junk food for the most part, he took chicken skin and deep fried it so it was really crispy, and he's using the crispy chicken skin to eat the guacamole. Now I'm hungry. Yeah, right. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. So just some just some ideas to think outside the box. Think of, you know, components. You know, I, I like you said when you were here, I said I, I like to keep a lot of components around. A dish like pesto. Um, I love pesto. Traditional pesto is basil, pine nuts, garlic, olive oil, and Parmesan cheese. You blend it all together. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but think about what each component is. So b- fresh basil is an herb, right? So mm-hmm. what if we put a different herb in instead of basil? What if we put cilantro in? Cool. Brand new dish. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those that they call, it's actually I, called a super taster. Those of us that cannot I, handle uh, cilantro. <laughs> it's like soap to uh, you. Parsley is a good one. Yeah, it does. It's really kind of fast. kind of bomb because right. it, you know, they put it in everything. But, um, you know. yeah, one of those like uh, parsley, chimichurri, chimichurri sauce. Exactly. Yeah, same thing. So so think about each component in that dish and what it is. So we could replace a different herb. The pine nuts are a nut. There's lots of nuts. Let's use pistachios instead. The, you know, instead of olive oil, maybe we use walnut oil. Or maybe use bacon fat. Who knows? Um, the acid... Um, Think about replacing each component in the dish with something different but similar, and you get a whole new dish. So stick around. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and then we're going to get to your calls and questions. I'm Kevin Roth. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is with me. Kim, you you mentioned, you know, we we are working on some book ideas and some other things. And and I would like to see it as a a book of, instead of recipes, component cooking. So Mm -hmm. like we just mentioned, Mm -hmm. pesto. Mm -hmm. We'll, We'll teach a basic pesto recipe and then give you 15 variations. Mayonnaise. We talk about making homemade mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is basically Mm -hmm. 
an egg, fat, and acid. So if we change the fat and the acid, instead of using olive oil, we use avocado oil. Instead of using avocado oil, we could use bacon fat. We could change the acid. In, in one version, it might be lemon. In another version, it might be lime. In another version, it might be coconut vinegar. In another version, it might be apple cider vinegar. We could change the seasoning a little bit. We could throw in some garlic or some sage or whatever. And when you start thinking along the lines of component cooking, once you learn how to make a salad dressing, a vinaigrette or a creamy vinaigrette, then the possibilities become endless. And, and you can just grab some ingredients and throw something together. And it's so much easier than trying to stick to a recipe. Because if all you can do is follow a recipe, normally what happens is every recipe you find, you're missing two or three ingredients. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I think we're on to something. So we will uh, we'll continue on with that. Mm -hmm. What do you say we get phone yeah. calls? Yeah, sounds good. Let's go to California. Al, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, today is my one-year anniversary since I went to show and paleo, high fat, low carb. So 60 pounds lost. Wow. From yeah, from triglycerides were 270. Now they're 76. Awesome. Yeah, my cholesterol was 200 with a statin for 10 years. Now it's 176. Oh, 176, 175, I'm sorry. And my doctor still wants to, you know, insist I take uh, <laughs> cholesterol medication. Oh, my God. Which which, which I do accept the, uh, the prescription. You know, I had some arguments with him. And I'll just go get... Go get the prescription, luckily through insurance. It's only a five dollar cost, and then I flush the pills on the toilet. That way, I keep my insurance. <laughs> good, good. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Little thinking right. outside and, uh, the box. That, those are awesome results. Yeah, man. I feel I feel great. And one of the things that I had uh, probably about six months ago, you know, the joint pain that was happening. Yeah. And so what I did was I. I started doing what Dr. Hyman recommends. I started going more vegetables. So now I right. modified it. I'm probably 80% vegetables and 20% protein. And the protein, I really cut back on beef. And I usually use fish uh, or uh, or eggs or eggs as as my protein. Right. And I I did notice a big difference in in the uh, the joint pain uh, going away. And so excellent. The other the other thing I was going to, my question was, I like to use um, Tabasco sauce and because I'm really trying to stay away from processed foods, but I only see two ingredients in there. It says vinegar and the bread peppers. Is that okay? Oh, that's ab absolutely excellent. I have, you know, I said I collect vinegars. I also collect hot sauces. I love hot sauce and I love all the different varieties. Most hot sauces. Now, you always have to read the label because you're going to find some that are just loaded with all kinds of junk. But most hot sauces really only need to be the, the pepper or whatever the base of the heat is, and then some vinegar, and then maybe some seasoning, a little salt. You could throw in some garlic, other things. So there are just tons and tons of great hot sauces on the market. 
that even though they're a packaged processed food, they're really, really simple. You're not getting any junk. You're not getting any sugars. They're usually, like I said, pepper, salt, vinegar, a couple other things. And yeah, it's a great way to really add a lot of flavor, first of all, so it keeps food really interesting. Um, Hot peppers are good for us, really good for us in a lot of ways. And you're getting some phytonutrients that you probably wouldn't get um, without it. So it's one more thing that can add some variety to the diet. So yeah, great choice. I highly recommend it. Oh yeah, because well, my, my mom and dad are Mexican, so I uh, I eat jalapenos like M and M's. So have you ever had that I've always done? All right. Have you ever had sriracha? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty so good. So one like of it. the. Yeah, so if you like that flavor, um, I found, and and you can find this on, and actually you can do this with any hot sauce. Making your own hot sauce is not all that difficult, and it's kind of fun. And if you make your own, you can add one more step to it that makes it even healthier. Hot sauces ferment really well. So you hear us talking all the time about making fermented vegetables, but you can also make fermented condiments. You can make fermented mayonnaise. I've talked about that. It's really good. You can make your own ketchup and make fermented ketchup. But I made my own sriracha. So I I made a traditional Korean sriracha, and then I fermented it. And it, it just adds another layer of nutritional benefit, and it was kind of fun. So, Kim, there's another one. Um, hot sauces are kind of a method and you can replace different ingredients, different peppers, different vinegars. You can throw some garlic in and then take it one step further and ferment it. And now you've got an even healthier product. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. I want to tell you what I've, what I was, what I've done since I was a kid, because in Mexico, there's a lot of street vendors and over there they sell, there's a lot of fruit stands. And for, for years, um, so it's a it's a cup of fruit, mixed fruit, and then they would pour either Tabasco sauce or another type of hot sauce with uh, cayenne powder with lemon and salt. And I've I've eaten that for ever since I was a kid. And I love that. Have you ever tried it like that? Fruit, any kind of fruit. You wow. just pick whatever you want and put lemon. I use I use now Tabasco sauce and cayenne pepper and lemon and just whatever fruit and with salt with chameleon pink salt and Boy, if you've got the sweet and sour going out there, it's going to pick me up. It'll give you like a little boost of energy. Oh, no, that is awesome. In fact, as you're saying that, I was thinking, Kim, let's go back to the component idea. Think about the fruit salad kind of thing. So some, and, and stick to lower sugar fruits, but like the watermelon, the cucumber. Um, if we took that same salad I just talked about, but instead of my dressing, we put Al's dressing on there. I bet that would be awesome on that. It does, yeah. Like sometimes we always, you know, in general, you know, Mexican traditional meal, it was just we would just slice cucumbers and just put salt, lemon, and Tabasco salt on them, and munch on those as a nice little side dish. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So we you got the the heat there, you know, and then the lemony and with the salt, and uh, yeah, well. Way back then, that was a good snack while you're drinking beer when I was a beer, you know. 
That's right. You know, that, right. Either that or with Pixie. Hey, Al, I'm, I'm going to cut you loose. You're really starting to break up there. Thank you, though, for that. I love that idea. In fact, I'm going to do it today because I have all of that stuff. And uh, I think I might throw some kiwi in there, too. Um, oh, I think wow. I might go. Yeah, kiwi, because kiwi has a pretty unique nutritional profile. Um, it's got a lot of nutrients we don't get in some other foods. So thinking kiwi, watermelon, cucumber. <laughs> Then that the hot sauce, and I know you won't like this, but you got to throw a little uh, cilantro in there because we're heading towards that, you know, Southwest Mexican kind of flavor. But that sounds awesome. I might have to be part of lunch today. And we, yeah, we end up just about your lunchtime over there. So you, uh, I can, can everybody picture him getting off his, uh, what is that thing you stand on now? (laughs) And uh, heading Uh, to your kitchen and cooking all this stuff up. That's right. My, uh, what, I keep forgetting the name of this thing. And I've been showing it to people on the webcam lately. I don't have the webcam going today. Oh, the fluid stance is my balance yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe I should take the balance board in the kitchen and cook <laughs> on it, go. too. <laughs> All right, let's get to some phone calls. Let's go to Arizona. JR, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Kim, how y'all doing? Hi, JR. Good. What's on your mind today? Well, I do a fat bomb coffee in the morning, and because I'm a fan, fan of eggs, I always throw a couple of eggs in it. And I've been finding at Walmart 150 50 to 130 milligram of iOmega-3s. Now, I tripped over to Fry's one time, and I found some 660 milligram of iOmega-3 eggs. But that's the only place I've ever found them. Yep, let me, uh, I will come back and talk about that right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Kim Cockerham is with me. This is Destination Health, and we are talking with JR in Arizona. So, JR, I'm glad you asked this question because I haven't talked about this before. So, we talk about pastured eggs. Free range is a meaningless term. Cage-free is a meaningless term. True pastured eggs, and especially if you are working with the farm and you know how much pasture they're given and they're truly outside eating their natural diet. And chickens are omnivores. Chickens eat protein, lots of protein. They eat bugs and insects, and then they do eat grasses and other things. So they're an omnivore. That's their natural diet. So we want to eat animals that are eating their natural diet when possible. For example, when we say grass-fed, 
cows are designed to eat grass, nothing else, not corn, not grain, none of that. So we want to eat animals that are eating their own natural diet. So when I can find local pastured eggs, that's always my first choice. If I can't, then what I lean towards next are what are referred to as omega-3 eggs. They're very high in omega-3. Now, they are probably still conventionally raised, meaning they were raised inside of a building. They will brag on the label that they're completely vegetarian fed. Well, that's not necessarily a positive thing. What they're trying to say is they're not fed other animal scraps, which is a bad idea. And, and a lot of conventionally raised animals are fed, you know, ground up animal scraps, which that's not part of their diet. So if I can't get a true pastured egg, I do lean towards the omega-3 eggs. And I think the brand you're talking about is a, is it's actually a Safeway brand. It's um, there's another farm name and I Reynolds, maybe there's a farm that raises these and they're distributed, I believe through the different Safeway stores and they do have a crazy amount of omega-3. What, the, what happens is they are fed a lot of flax in their diet and flax does have omega-3 and we can eat flax, but we have a hard time converting the omega-3 to a usable form. And the claim is that the chickens will eat the flax, convert it to omega-3, and then we can get it through the eggs. It, it's my second choice in eggs. So rather than get it just a conventional egg, I will seek out the omega-3s when I can find them. Well, now my question is then, if I'm getting 260, which I'm doubling up to 1,300 milligrams, you know, I usually buy a couple dozen when I'm home because I can't find them here. Um, how much I omega-6 am I getting? I'm pretty much on a fat bomb diet. A uh, little bit of protein at night when I'm out on the road, but that's about it. Am I overdoing my omega-3 by using those? No, not even close because, it, 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 like I said earlier, it is really, really difficult to get to a one-to-one -one ratio. Really difficult. And, and I don't know anybody who gets to a flipped ratio, meaning more omega-3 than omega-6. Omega-6 is everywhere. So even when you're eating a really clean ketogenic paleo diet, you still have to work to get the omega-3. If anytime you eat conventional meat, so you can be on a very high fat diet, but if, if you're eating out and you're on the road and you're eating conventional meats, beef, chicken, pork, all of those things, you're getting way more omega-6 because those animals were grain fed and grain is high in omega-6. Grass is high in omega-3. So if you can eat a, a, a you know, really clean grass-fed pastured animals and seafood, you're probably going to get closer to that one-to-one. -one. But then we could even look at a society like the Inuits, who ate 90% animal products, maybe even higher, and almost all seafood. They and, and the the land animals that they ate were all natural grazers and they were still not out of whack on their omega-3 to omega-6. So it, it's almost impossible. 
to get out of whack the other way. Well, too, and when I'm out on the road, you know, like I said, I'll sometimes be a pilot or filing flying jail. I'll buy a couple of pieces of pizza. But what I do is I scrape the toppings off, the cheese and the meats, and I throw the bread out for the birds. <laughs> there you go. So, and I'm thinking there you go. Well, maybe but the. Go ahead. What I was going to say is that the 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 protein and the fat you're taking off the meat and the cheese is all conventionally raised. So it's going to be way higher in omega six and have almost no omega three. So our, our diet, our food supply is so overloaded with omega six that no matter how hard we work at it, I don't think you could flip the ratio. Okay. That answers my question. Thank you much. You guys have a great show and I enjoy listening to it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. You know, Kim, I, I, I just, you know, after the idea of getting rid of grains and going low carb, I, I think the next big challenge for people is to get that, that omega-6-3 ratio better. And I, I honestly, I, I look at our food supply and I don't think you could get it wrong. I, I just don't think you could eat too much omega-3. And it's no, not about... And, and let me throw in That's one sorry. more thing because yeah. it's not necessarily about the amounts of either one. It's the balance that's important. So some people focus on, oh, how, how much omega-3 did I get today? Which it tells us one thing, but we really want to look at the balance. We want both of them in our diet, but omega-6 is everywhere. So you're tripping over it all day long. And omega-3, good quality omega-3 is hard to find. It's in, you know, wild Alaskan fish and seafood is always high in omega-3 um, and grass-fed pastured animals. But they're not ridiculously high. They just have a nice balance. And then there are some other sources like walnuts and flaxseed that our body doesn't process very well. So, again, I don't know, know if I can stress enough. I, I, I don't think you can get out of balance by having too much omega-3. It'd be really difficult. You know, every show there's something that um, just stands out to me like an asterisk. So I need to go look at, and, and this was the one this, this time. Um, and I like how you put that, too. Like, again, take it in stages, you know, you, you know, you got rid of the grains and that, and, that, and then go and learn more about what you can tweak even more. And to me, this one really spoke to me to, to uh, this is one that we need to step back and take a look at and review our diet and see where we can make some changes to make it better. That ratio. Yeah. And this one, this one is all about inflammation. That, that's, that's why we focus on these two fats and we have to remember that inflammation is a component in almost every single disease state that we face. Diabetes has inflammation involved. Heart disease is inflammation. All heart disease is, is, starts with inflammation. Many of our um, diseases that have any component of pain. So um, arthritis is a big one. Um, some of the skin conditions that people face, all of the digestive, Crohn's, IBD, IBS, all of those things, those are inflammation. So we, it, and when I talked about the book, um, A Mind of Your Own, she focuses on the brain and the brain has no pain receptors. 
So we don't know that the brain is inflamed because we can't feel it. She points out that all of our psychological symptoms, mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, all of those things, distractedness, brain fog, those are the brain's way of saying something's wrong. The brain is inflamed. We can't feel it. It's not pain. We feel it in very different ways. And when I read that, it was like one of those aha moments. I had mm -hmm. never read that yeah. anywhere, and it made so much sense. So yeah. that's why I think this is, is once we get rid of grains and go low carb and add the good fats back in, then I think we really have to also look at that omega-3, omega-6 ratio. And that I will tell you that this is one of the biggest challenges eating out. I can eat ketogenic. I can eat ketogenic anywhere. You stick me in any town, any city, wherever, I'll find a way to eat high fat, moderate protein, low carb. That's not that difficult. Finding a, a good balance of omega-3 to omega-6 when you eat out is a real challenge. Oh, I bet. I bet. This sounds like we, I would love to hear more about this on one of the shows, too. Yes, maybe we will do that because guess mm -hmm. what? We're out of time and uh, I'm yeah. going to ask you that question again. <laughs> Any final <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> I won't go Any final thoughts? This time. <laughs> we'll go with the sexy beast, but, uh, you know, hopefully everybody's getting our text, but, um, you know, we talk about supplements. So if anybody needs a phone call and want to get on some of the supplements that we're talking about, email us into support at letstruck.com and we'll give you a call. There you go. Great stuff, Kim. Thanks, as always, and we'll do it again next week. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. Kevin Robinson. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.